Thank you for listening to the FBH podcast. For more information about our church, feel free to visit www.fbhanford.org. This, uh, this past weekend, um, I, uh, I decided to take on a task in our family uh, that has been looming over my head. Um, I decided that we were going to install an attic access ladder uh, in, our, in our house because we have gotten to the point where we have so much stuff, normal storage isn't enough, we have to hide it in our attic. Um, and so as I was doing it and cutting holes in drywall and inhaling insulation, so if my voice sounds a little rougher than normal, it's because my throat's very well insulated this morning. Um, and uh, as I was doing that and I put, you know, putting the ladder up where it's supposed to go and I tried to do it on my own once, and that's a really bad decision. Uh, I have a, uh, a mark right here on my forehead to prove that. Um, and then I asked for help from my wife who... She, she, she could have probably done it herself. Um, and so we put it up there and, and you know, we're screwing it in uh, to the framing and all that different stuff that we do. But one of the things you have to do after you put it up there is you, you screw it in and you have to check to make sure it's square, right? And so the attic ladder um, is a lot like if you ever installed a door or a window or anything like that. You have to make sure it opens and closes properly. You have to do all those things. So you put it up and you check for square, and then if it's not square, you make the adjustments you need to make until it's square and it fits and it works. And so I feel like this, this uh, year in the life of our church has largely been uh, the story of my attic ladder, um, where we said, hey, about a year ago, these are all the things that we're going to do, and we're going to put it up into place. And okay, yeah, it looks pretty good, but there's some stuff that's off and it's not quite square. And so let's make the adjustments we need to make and do a couple things differently here and there to be able to tighten it down. And, and eventually we'll have a nice square uh, attic ladder. And so if you're, if you're new with us, uh, you'll recognize that today, or, or if you're not new with us, today we get an opportunity largely to look back over the course of 2019 uh, talk about some of the, the wins uh, that God has had in our church, the things that we have done uh, out of obedience to God to be able to both deepen and widen his kingdom. So we're going to look back a little bit today, and then we're also going to look forward into 2020 and talk about really some of the different things that, uh, that we're going to be pushing into uh, in 2020. Because about a year ago now, actually uh, about 55, 56 weeks ago now, I stood on this stage in a morning much like this morning, and we talked about a whole bunch of different things about where we were going uh, as a church, we talked about launching into small groups. We talked about focusing further into our community. We talked about standing on the shoulders of those who have come before us. We talked about wanting our kids and our student ministries to be the best kids and student ministries in town. We talked about wanting to deepen and widen the kingdom of God by being on mission for him on a regular basis. And I'm happy to say this morning that God has been at work in our church and God has been at work in Kings County in and through our congregation. So thank you all so much. Round of applause here. So as we launch in, uh, just as to reiterate, if you're new with us or you have forgotten since last week, our mission as a church is to love God, love people, and to serve the world. We intentionally make that mission incredibly simple because we recognize that anything more difficult than that, we're going to forget. I'm going to forget. So maybe it's for me. You're probably all smarter than me, but it's simple enough for me to be able to stay, understand 
It should be low-hanging fruit uh, for all of you guys. And so this morning, we're going to talk through each of those. We're going to talk about our love God section. We're going to talk about our love people section. We're going to talk about our serve the world section and talk about some of the victories from the year. But before we get to, to scripture and before we get to those things um, specifically, I do want to highlight a few things we did internally to make sure that our building and our finances was gonna be one that can continue to do ministry for many, many more years. So let's get the financial stuff out of the way because there are those of you in here who care deeply about that, as do we, we wanna steward our money well. We just came off a stewardship series, so we wanna make sure we're doing that uh, well. So last year uh, in January, we voted as a church to migrate money from dozens of designated accounts into three specific accounts. Okay, so if you think about it uh, this way, uh, years ago, we had a church van and we sold the church van and all of that money from the sale of the church van went into an account called van replacement, which is a great, great fun little account that we had there. The problem with that though, is that we had over $5,000 sitting in an, in an account that we had zero plans of replacing the van for. And so because of that, there were 5000 over $5,000 just sitting there that we couldn't use for ministry, we couldn't use for missions, we couldn't do anything with that $5,000 except be able to replace a van. And so what we did last year with that and other designated accounts, we said, all right, look, congregation, this is what we want to do. We want to consolidate all of these things into three specific accounts. Those accounts are our general fund. And so uh, any your tithes and your offerings, that sort of thing, those go all into the general fund. The general fund is what funds all of our ministry here at First Baptist Hanford. And so if you're wondering where, where to give to be able to contribute to a ministry or anything like that, our answer is gonna be give to the general fund, okay? So that's our first fund uh, that we have. So any of the kids ministry, student ministry, missions, anything like that, that is all funded specifically uh, through the building fund, uh, the, or through the, excuse me, general fund. The second fund that we have is what we call our building fund. Now our building fund, we migrated some money into uh, last year from some of those accounts um, to be able to make immediate and necessary renovations or improvements, not renovations, on the church. And so uh, if you've been around for a while, uh, you'll, you'll recognize that we put our sound booth in this year. If you haven't been through our offices, our offices, we kind of reshuffled some offices and made greater access there. Our house that a lot of you guys don't even know is our house that sits over here in the corner of our property. The roof was getting decrepit and old. And so because of that, we replaced the roof. You've seen painting going on. You've seen furniture, furniture happening. If you haven't walked by our kids' classrooms or through our kids' classrooms in this back hallway recently, do it. Um, there's a lot of really beautiful things, paint, furniture, all that stuff that's going on back over there. And um, beyond all of those things, a lot of people don't even recognize that uh, over the course of the last 18 months, we've spent over $30,000 on repairs on our air conditioning. And we didn't even have to ask you all for money uh, because we were in a space that we didn't have to, which is a wonderful thing. So that's our building fund. Um, and then our other fund, our, our last fund is called our benevolence fund. This formerly used to operate as our diaconate fund. So anybody local who's down on their luck, they need a night stay at a hotel, they need gas to get to where they're going or anything like that, that comes out of our uh, benevolence fund. And our benevolence fund, we started at $10,000. I'll share how much we gave away from that a little bit later. Um, and, uh, and I'm happy to say that that fund is completely replenished and beyond uh, $10,000 starting point. But because of that shift and because of that move, we actually finished the year, finished 2019, $50,800 in the black. $50,800. It says 45. 
I heard, uh, I heard from our bookkeeper uh, right before service that, no, Peter, you're wrong. It's 50800 so I was happy to make that uh, correction for you all. It's an extra $5,000. But the fun thing about that is not that just that we finished with $50,800 in the black, but our savings account, when I got here, was sitting at $500. And since we consolidated everything, we as a church have $100,000 sitting in our savings account uh, for the first time in a long time. So... So that's good. That's fun. That's money. It's out of the way. Let's move on to the important things because we're about ministry here. We're not about making profits here. That's why we are called a non-profit. Um, so how did we as a church then this year love God, love people, and serve the world? We're going to start with love God. How did we love God in 2019? And the way we're framing all of this really is comes from Mark 12, verses 30 to 31. And it says this, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So these verses, uh, Jesus spoke to a man who is asking him what the greatest commandments are. What is the greatest commandment rather? And Jesus throws these out there. And the first one is actually pulled from the book of Deuteronomy. He is quoting an Old Testament text here from, from Deuteronomy. And this would have been familiar to the man asking. This man was a Pharisee. It would have been familiar to him to say, hey, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. Do that. But the second is exactly like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And so this is largely how we frame our love God, love people mission statement is by those two verses. And so we recognize that in order for us to love people well, we need to first love God well, to get out of our own way, to allow for, for us to be able to say, all right, I love God, this is all about you, this isn't about me. And so because of how we love God, it's a natural outpouring of loving people. And so a couple statistics that I wanna share with you on how we loved God uh, this year. The first one is this. Uh, we had this year 35 new members uh, to, we had 35 new members to our church. Uh, and just last weekend, we had another uh, FBH family class with over 21 people sitting in that class alone. Um, and so we're excited. Our church is, is growing. Um, this year, the, in 2019, we also had 21 baptisms, which is incredibly exciting. As Baptists, there should be some hooping and hollering about that. There we go. Uh, it's literally our name, guys. Uh, we had 21 baptisms. And in contrast, just so you're aware, because some of you may be new or maybe have forgotten, that's more than the last pre the previous two years combined that we did in one year. So that's incredibly uh, exciting for us. We had, uh, okay, good, smattering golf claps. We'll do golf claps today. Uh, over a... Uh, we also had, there's a lot of stats, so we'll, let's save applause for the end, okay? Uh, over 30 first-time decisions for Christ this year, and again, the, the, and that's just what we know of. Um, again, that's more than the last two years combined that we have on record, which is incredible. Uh, we did nine teaching series this past year. We had a chance to dig in from everything to uh, uh, she-bears coming down from the mountains and mauling children. Uh, if you haven't heard that message, uh, you should go on our website and check it out. Um, so we dealt with that. We taught through... Uh, uh, all of the book of Ecclesiastes. Um, and so if you listen to one, you've listened to them all because there's nothing new under the sun, pun intended. Um, and then we are uh, about part, we're part way through the book of John as well. And we're actually pick that up next week as we uh, jump into the second half of the story of Jesus uh, in the book of John. And so we did that. Um, 
We had over 700 people at our Easter services this year, which was so much fun. We had two services, the first time we have done two services since I've been here. And so I was, I was terrified because it's like, what if everybody shows up to one service and then we got like two people sitting in the front row for the other service? Let's be real, front row, back row for the second service. Like, what do we do then? All right, well, we'll just do like a little small group hangout, grab some donuts off the wall that we made and call it a day. Um, but uh, we had over 700 people there and then we had over 500 people at our Christmas Eve services as well, which was absolutely uh, incredible. So that's the list. Now you can give a round of applause for what God is doing in the midst of our church. And these things are great. Numbers are obviously a great way to, uh, to celebrate for us to really uh, understand what it is that, that we have been focusing on uh, for the year and what God is doing in our church. But we need to continue as a church to love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind and our strength every day. Because the reality is, is that every day is made up of hundreds of little moments that are opportunities to love God. And every single opportunity matters. And when, when these loving moments are strung together, they form days. And when those loving days are formed together, they are strung together, they form weeks and weeks to months and months to years and years to a legacy that we get an opportunity to leave behind to the generation coming behind us. And so it is our responsibility as a church to continue to love God well every single day. Psalm 100 verses one through five, it won't be on the screen, but it exemplifies this in a perfect way. When it says, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. We get an opportunity to love that God. We get an opportunity to love that God well through all generations. And I don't know about you, but there are so many opportunities that I have in my life where I need to stop and just be thankful in the moment for a God who loves me and gives me the opportunity to love him as well. To stop for a second and be thankful uh, for a God who, is, who has blessed me and he is a blessing, or he is blessing our church for our faithfulness to him and his mission for us. And so continue to love God well, you know, in just a few, uh, in a few short weeks, looking forward here, in a few short weeks, we're going to be launching into our second set of groups. So last year, we really uh, took time to establish a solid base for our small groups. And uh, we'll talk about those in a little bit. But one of the other things that we talked about in 2019 that we wanted to do was uh, really launch three types of groups. First is our small groups. So we've accomplished that, and those are continuing to run. Uh, if you want to sign up to a small, into a small group, uh, Jeff's doing that after service in the back. So small groups was the first one. The other one, uh, the second one that we wanted to launch is what we are calling equipping groups. Now, we recognize that there is a tension that has to be held between discipleship and evangelism, right? So we want to love people well and love them towards God and tell them about Jesus on the evangelism side, but also we need to make sure that as those people come into a believing faith in Christ, that they are being mentored, that they are being discipled in such a way to pull them towards a deeper faith in Christ. So then in turn, they can go back and evangelize more, 
right? So we can go back and evangelize more. And we recognize that that is an issue as we are, not an issue, that's a great problem to have as we are gaining new members, as new people are coming into faith, as new people are coming to church saying, hey, I don't even know where to start with my Bible. I don't even know what it is. I believe we're saying, great, this is an awesome opportunity for us to be able to deepen your faith. And so uh, in the coming weeks, we're going to be launching our first of these equipping classes. Uh, It's going to be like Christianity 101. What is it that I believe? What is it that Christianity says that we should believe? We're going to talk about our Bible. We're going to talk about God. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about all of those different things, and it's going to be a 10-week class, so make sure you're aware of that. We'll be launching equipping groups to be able to love God better through our mind, through our knowledge of Him. So that's what's going on in the love, love God section. So we're going to move next to our mission in loving uh, people. Matthew 25, 40. It says, the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. We want to make sure that as we love God well, there is an outpouring to those people in our community. There's an outpouring to one another. If you look at the church in Acts chapter 2, they broke bread together. They shared about the word of God together. They did all of these different things together and in community. And that's how we get the opportunity to love people well is by doing those things together and in community. So a couple stats that we have, and again, hold the golf claps till the end, uh, just on how we loved God well or love people well this year. Uh, The first one is this. We have uh, 18 active small groups right now, which is incredibly exciting. Seven of those small groups are new since we launched. And so we had 11 uh, kind of functioning small groups, and we were able to actually launch seven more. But the fun statistic on all of this is actually the next one, where we have 232 unique individuals in small groups for our church. And so that one is incredibly exciting because regardless of how you feel about that 18 number, 232 people from our church are actively engaged uh, in a small group. Um, So we love people well that way. We also, uh, from our benevolence fund, which is what the fund I told you that we get the opportunity to give money away to those people who are in need, bless people, get them to a bus station, give them a tank of gas, give them a food and some groceries or whatever it is. This year, we were able to give away $2,573 just from our benevolence fund, which is incredibly exciting uh, for us. And in the years past, when we were functioning uh, with the diaconate fund, we, we haven't been able to give away that much money. And so we have been more generous with our money this year than we've ever been. And the last one is, this is kind of a cop-out, countless first-time visitors. Um, we could put a number to it, but let's be real. You guys don't fill out Connect cards anyway. Um, and so because of that, there's no way for us to really know, but I will say it's been over a year since we have had a weekend where we didn't have a first-time visitor with us, which is an incredibly exciting thing. So there's your list for that. Give that one a round of applause. It's, uh, it's really, really exciting to see this section and see us bolster this section more and more. Because when I came to the church for the first time 19 months ago, one of the things that uh, the report said from Growing Healthy Churches, they said, hey, this church is one with incredible depth. This is a church that has a lot of maturity about it. This is one, a church that understands their Bible. But the, the missing portion of that was it's more internally than externally focused. 
And so we really have taken a, a hard look at how it is that we are trying to be more externally focused in the way that we go about our ministry and the love God portion as well as the serve the world portion, which we'll get to in a second, really does speak to that kind of shift in dynamic. And a lot of this really is due to Pastor Jeff's tireless efforts on this. And if, if you th sit and think to yourself, man, why does that church have have two pastors. That doesn't make any sense. I'll tell you what, Jeff does the job of about four people. Um, and, uh, and he works tirelessly through all of these things and these groups specifically. And, and even we had a, a small group just gathering celebration and training in December. And I got the opportunity to sit with our small group leaders. And we, we talked about uh, some of the highlights from the year and the things that were working. And, and I am so excited to say that, that our small group leaders are completely bought in. They believe in the process that, that we are having people, people go through in order to mature them in Christ. They believe in our small group model, and I truly believe that God is going to use that model to grow his kingdom even more. So we're ecstatic about that. Um, fun story. One of the things about our church is uh, my office wall. I, I share a wall uh, with a room where we have a small group of ladies who meet on a couple different mornings during the week. And there's actually sometimes that I have to get up out of my office and exit my office because that small group is learning at the time and learning more consists of laughter and joking and, and hanging out and doing life with one another. And then you'll hear that it gets really, really quiet. And then you'll hear their video curriculum come on and then it'll be really quiet because they're just having discussion about what it is that God is teaching them, what it is that God is doing in their lives. It's one of my favorite things to hear. And then on Tuesday mornings, uh, our, our, uh, our conference room that we have um, for our staff, we have our staff meetings on Tuesday mornings and that actually shares a wall with our, uh, our SOS ladies group. And so the SOS group used to be largely a group that was met between four and 10 ladies, and it was more of a, hey, let's come, let's sit. I mean, SOS stands for save our sanity. So, you know, take for that what you will. Um, but they used to come and the ladies would chat and all the kids would be playing on the backside of the fellowship hall. And it would just kind of be madness, right? Because it was like, you figure four to 10 moms who were sitting in there and kids bouncing off the walls and coming over and he punched me and a scraped knee and I'm hungry and all that different stuff that it was good for moms to be able to sit together the hard thing was, though, was to be able to make, make intentional relationships with those ladies and go any deeper in their faith. And so that group uh, grew from last year from four to 10 ladies to uh, this year they have over 30 ladies enrolled in that group. Um, and the amount of talking that comes from that room during our staff meeting is a little bit ridiculous. And I need to talk to a couple of those ladies about toning it down. But there's over 30 ladies uh, enrolled in that group, and we get an opportunity to provide childcare for them as well. And so a couple weeks ago, they had over 17 kids uh, here during the week while the moms were, were doing their study. Moms and other ladies were doing their study as well. So that's an incredible opportunity for us to see the growth, growth, of, uh, growth of groups. Um, uh, beyond that, our kids' ministry this year, we, uh, we topped our, our, our high point this year is we had 82 kids uh, check in to our kids' ministry, which is kind of crazy. Uh, and I thought, okay, 82, that's like a high weekend. That's not including Easter. That's like, that's like a normal week. It was 82 kids. Uh, and so I was like, okay, that, 
that had to be just kind of like a fluke, a lot of kids that weekend or whatever. But even two weeks ago, we had 77 kids check into our kids' ministry. Um, and that's anywhere from birth up to fifth grade, which is incredibly exciting on its own. But beyond that, we have had a baby explosion at our church. I don't know if you're aware of that. Okay, I don't know what's in the water in Hanford. Um, it's chlorine, I do know. Um, but, <laughs> but that being said, uh, there are a ton of babies coming. We had over 20 babies in our nursery a couple weeks ago. And so we have so many little people, yay high and below, that uh, we get to actually expand our nursery into the room next door and we're gonna be migrating some other students back over here into this back hallway to accommodate for the growth of our kids' ministry. Let's go on that. Um, so again, if you're looking for a place to serve, Emily Dewey would love to get that phone call and she's doing uh, an incredible job. Uh, this year, we're also gonna be offering a third type of small group. Like I said, the last type of small group is called a care group. And the difference between an equipping group and a care group is equipping is more discipleship. Care is you have a felt need in your life, something in your life that you're like, you know what? I'm really struggling with this or I'm having a hard time with this. And so we get the opportunity in the next coming weeks to be able to launch three care groups. One is Financial Peace University that's going to fall under the header of care group because we recognize, like we talked about over the course of the last three weeks, that finances are an issue. Whether you want to admit it or not, you're stressed about your finances. And so how can we honor God through our finances? That's Financial Peace University will fall under the care groups uh, model. The second group is going to be building healthy boundaries in relationships. And so uh, we're going to be walking through a book by uh, Dr. Henry Cloud called Boundaries. It's an incredible book, so I've been told. Um, and uh, we get an opportunity. If that's something you have a hard time saying no to people, you have a hard time uh, recognizing that I can't control other people in my life, that I just simply need to be able to worry about me and put boundaries in my life for my own health, this is a great opportunity for you to do that. So we have that. And then the last one will be building a healthier marriage. Um, and that group is going to be starting uh, sometime in, a, in the next few months, but we're going to be walking through a book called Love and Respect. And so your marriage doesn't even have to be jacked up to go to this thing. So that's a nice thing. Um, anybody is welcome in any of these places. And just because you're going to a care group doesn't mean that you have something wrong with you. It, does, it simply means you want to get better at what it is that we are offering. And so, hey, I want to get better at my finances. Great. I've gone through Financial Peace University. I've taught Financial Peace University. I would have no problem going back to Financial Peace University. Okay? My marriage with my wife is great. And that's where you should have a massive round of applause, everybody. Yeah. But, but that being said, that being said, would it be great for us to go to a care group for us to develop a stronger marriage? Of course we would. Of course we could. Right? And so just because it's a care group, there is no stigma attached to these things. There's nothing that says, hey, you're broken if you're going to one of these groups. I would actually venture to say it's the opposite. You're self-aware and you recognize you can be better in all areas of your life. And so what, it is, what is it that you are going to do to be able to accomplish those things. So 
That's love people. That's a lot for love people. That's a great, great things for love people. But one of my most exciting ones for the entire day was our, our mission in serving the world. And so uh, Matthew 28, 19 and 20, it says this, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Uh, John Piper, for those of you guys who don't know John Piper, he's a pastor, he's a theologian, and one of his most famous quotes is in regards to missions when he says this. He says, go, send, or disobey. Those are your three options as a Christian. You can go to the mission field, you can send people to the mission field, or you can simply disobey the command that God has on every believer's life. And so largely, we don't want to ignore that command. We want to be people who both go and send other people to go do the work of God. And I know that, that, that not all of us are going to pack up our things. I know not all of us are going to move to China um, and do our best to proclaim you know, people in, to, to people wherever they may be. But I do know that it is indeed our responsibility as Christians, and it's our responsibility as a church to be able to do so. And so we have to be better than what we have done in the past. We have to continue to get better to send as many people into that field as we can. For us personally to go into our own communities and do the best that we can. Not because it's comfortable or easy for any of us. I know a, a great excuse is, well, I don't have the gift of evangelism. Great, that doesn't mean you're excused from doing it. I don't have the gift of singing. That doesn't mean I'm excused from worshiping God with my voice. In the same way that we need to continue to proclaim the gospel to those people. See, the interesting thing is, is loving God and loving people, it really does demand a response from us. Because if we sit here and we just say, hey, look, yep, I love God. I agree with those things you said. I agree with the Bible verses that you put up on the screen. I agree with go, send, or disobey. I agree with all of those things. Then we walk out of here and we simply don't do it. Then I would venture to say my guess is you don't actually agree with those things. It's our responsibility as believers to serve the world. You know, I was reading or listening to a podcast or doing something where I was learning, and uh, I heard the quote that said, American Christianity is flabby. And I thought, okay, we get it. We're overweight Americans, okay? You know, it's not a surprise. Everybody tells us that all the time. But that's actually not what it was talking about. It's talking about the fact that the American church is flabby with knowledge and light on action. And so... We as a church, we not just as a church, the capital C church, we love getting more knowledge, right? We love, oh, I'm gonna read my Bible in a year. I'm gonna go to all these different classes and all those things are good things. They're healthy things for us to be able to do. And if we don't do that, chances are we're gonna be really, really shallow in our, in our faith. So hear me when I say we have to do those things. But if all we do is those things, we're gonna become very, very flabby with knowledge. And we're gonna be very, very light on action. And so I would actually venture to say that this whole idea of discipleship, we talk about discipleship and evangelism. I don't think you can be a disciple of Christ without evangelizing to people. I don't think you can grow in your faith without the evangelism side of it because you are called to do that. We are not called to simply sit in our houses, our warm, cozy houses, and flip open our Bibles and cuddle up under a blanket and read some more. And then we go onto our app and we listen to the podcast and then, you know, whatever it is, it, like it is more than that. 
And if that's your version of Christianity, we're missing out. You are missing out on an opportunity to serve the world in a really real way. And so it's our responsibility to do so. But I am happy to say that we as a church have done a great job this year serving our community. And so I want to share a couple statistics with you for that. So this year we did uh, Thanksgiving meals for, uh, for the first time. And so out of our kitchen, we served 170, served and delivered 175 Thanksgiving meals. We didn't give this enough credit when we did it because it was like Thanksgiving, but we had people give up their Thanksgiving day to come and get meals and deliver them to people in need uh, throughout Kings County. So can we take a second and just appreciate those people a ton? Through that, through that same program, uh, we, we had 1,793 total meals were contributed through that program. We were a small part um, of that. Um, next thing, we had 470 Operation Christmas Child boxes that we put together this year, which was great. We had uh, everyone from our children's ministry all the way up through our senior adult ministry packed boxes. We did the whole thing that that we do every single year. And on top of the 470 Operation Christmas Child boxes, we had through our delivery drop-off place, I forget what it's called, um, through our, our choir room had over a thousand Operation Christmas Child boxes come through there. So that's an incredibly exciting thing. Um, global missions, and this is something we don't talk about because we don't really like glump, clump them together, but global missions, we were able to give $52,900 to global missions to people around the world, which is, yeah, that's a woo. And then beyond that, uh, earlier this year, I asked our missions committee to try to even out what we were giving to international missions and domestic missions to try to get to a 50-50 split. So we were both pouring into our community as well as sending money overseas. And the exciting thing about that is this year we were able to give $51,712 to our local missions uh, as well. Uh, we had over 60 gift bags to military spouses as well as we did the, uh, the hey, come drop off your kids and do a mom's day. We'll give you free childcare for, for five hours, which I don't even do childcare for my kids for five hours. And so that was pretty phenomenal. Um, and then the last one, we had over 700 people at our fall carnival this year as well, way up from the year before. So round of applause for those things that God is doing. Um, you know, a famous pastor and leader wrote this. He said, I would never want to reach out someday with a soft, uncalloused hand, a hand that never was dirtied by serving and shake the nail pierced hand of Jesus. And that always strikes me as something that I'm like, you know what, that's exactly what the church needs to be. Church, we need to have dirty, calloused hands. So when we get to eternity, we can reach out and shake those nail-pierced hands of Jesus and recognize, hey, we did it. We did a good job with the opportunities that we were given. Because when I, I get to heaven, I want to wear those proverbial scars of servanthood, saying, Jesus, I did everything I could to serve the least of these because I love you. FBH, we're going to continue to serve the world. We're going to continue to love people. We're going to continue to love God well. And so those are all the things that we did. And, you know, we, I mentioned a couple of things, forward thinking. But this next portion, we're just going to talk about 2020. 
and kind of where we're going and, and just highlights and that sort of thing. And honestly, a lot of this stuff is just kind of logistical stuff. We're not changing our structure. We're not changing uh, you know, any staffing. We're not changing uh, our constitution. We're not doing anything like that. Uh, everything that we put into place last year is still in place. Um, we, uh, we are simply looking at our attic ladder and trying to square it up a little bit more to make sure those things align specifically with where we're going. And so the first thing you'll notice is our new connect cards, right? Um, and there's three different connect cards. If they're in front of you, um, you don't have to grab one. You can if you want, um, but there's three different kinds. So the first, uh, the first connect card you'll see is an I'm new card. It's the short guy in there, okay? And the I'm new card is essentially just that. I'm new. So if you have been with us before and you have filled that out or a connect card out before, you shouldn't ever touch that card, okay? You don't need to touch it. You don't need to fill it out. It's simply an I'm new card. If you are new with us, we'd love for you to fill that out. Take it, fill it out in our guest, guest services table. They have a gift for you there that we would love to, uh, to be able to, uh, to give to you. So that's the first card. The second card you'll see is two-sided. It's a prayer card. And on the back of that card is your dinner reservation card. We recognize that we want to make sure we still have a feedback loop to be able to pray for you as a staff. We still need a place for you guys to make your reservations for Wednesday night dinners and that sort of thing. So that's your prayer card at the end of services. You can drop those in the baskets just like you guys are accustomed uh, to forgetting to do for the connect card. Um, and then the third card is a get connected card. We recognize that this is one of the areas that we were kind of falling short in with the, the connect card that we had is we didn't have a space for you guys to be able to say, hey, plug me in to here, wherever it is. And so you have multiple opportunities to get plugged in. You made a commitment to Jesus or uh, you want more information about baptism, membership, small group serving, you can fill that out. Um, and you can drop that in the basket in the back as well, and we'll, be, we'll get back in contact with you in a couple of days. So those are the connect cards, um, simply logistical. Next thing, revamped website and database, okay? Um, and so it's really exciting. Uh, the reason why we do stuff like this is because um, our lobby, churches' lobbies in the 21st century are no longer our lobbies. Churches' lobbies in the 21st century are websites. We have vastly more people who go to our website for the first time than will ever actually step foot in our lobby. So that means that we need to put money and time into our website. And so uh, sometime this week, our website was gonna go, is gonna go live. I was hoping it was gonna be live today. It's not quite yet live, but sometime this week, it'll go live um, and, uh, and it's easier to use, it's simpler to use, all of that stuff. And beyond that, what we, uh, what we want to do is um, to be able to begin recording our services via video uh, this year as well. And so uh, I really just want my face to be seen online by everybody. It's really a me thing that we got going on now. <laughs> It's like, man, before that goes in, we got to hit that whole 30 Daniel, Daniel fast thing to make sure I'm, you know, looking good. Um, Jeff actually asked the question earlier this week, does that mean I have to wear makeup when I preach? And I'm like, nope, it's your call, Jeff. Um, but, uh, but beyond that, we, uh, we also switched our database that we're using. And so a lot of you don't know this, we have one spot that like your small groups are, our small group information is kept, all of your, your information is kept and secure, your giving information is kept and secure, um, how to register for events, all of that stuff is run through a database. Um, that we have on site here at the church. And so our database, we've largely already been using it. And so whether you know it or not, you may have been exposed to it. It's called Planning Center Online. 
And so the cool thing about that is it integrates perfectly with our website. You don't care about that. But the part you might care about is the next thing that we get an opportunity to do is that uh, we actually have a new mobile app for our church, which is really, really exciting, and I geek out over it. Okay? And so some of you are like, mobile app? What does a church need a mobile app for? Let me tell you what our mobile app does, and then maybe you'll get excited about it. So when you download the app, it's called Church Center, and it looks like this. That's your homepage, um, and then once you log in, you can go to the next one. You log in, and it looks like that, okay? So that's the front page. You'll notice there's five little buttons at the bottom, home, give, groups, check-in, and events. So we recognize that with a younger generation, uh, giving and online giving is incredibly important, but it can be burdensome to set that up. And so when we switched over to Planning Center Online, we made sure that it was incredibly easy to do. And so the giving portion actually looks like this. Um, you can give uh, whatever dollar amount you want, however many zeros that you want to put in there, feel free. Um, and, uh, and then it gives you an opportunity to give now. You can set up recurring giving. You can set up whatever it is that you want to give. You want to do it one time and, hey, this is cool, great, whatever. Um, you can save your information in there. It's a secure app. It locks just like your phone locks, and so no one can get into it. Um, or anything like that. So that's the giving portion. Next portion is groups. Um, if you're looking for a small group, you can find small groups in here, okay? Um, and beyond that, you can go to the next page. Uh, so this is what it would look like to try to find a small group on our app. You just search for it, or you can scroll through. Those are all the open groups that we have, so you can do that. Um, and then the next one, um, uh, oh, and there's also, I know those are my kids and my wife. I intentionally scrolled so my ugly mug wasn't on there. You look at me enough. Um, but there's also resources, and if you are in a group, you have access to everybody else's telephone number and email that is in your group as well. I know that's been a source of like contention. How do I contact people? It's in the app now, and so you can get all of that information there. Parents or grandparents, people who check in, their kids or grandkids. This is my favorite part of the app, not because it's life-changing, but because it's slightly life-changing. You can check your kids in for service before you get here now. Remember last week I talked about the line that we have all the way to the door? You log into the app, click, 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 and then it'll show you this next screen. It'll look like that. It's a QR code that'll pop up, and all you have to do is scan it on the iPad, and it'll print all your stuff right out. So if you have a 1,000 kids like I do, this saves like 15 minutes of my life every week, okay? Um, and so that, I know parents are like, yes! Um, so that's check-in. And then another really cool thing in the app is events. And so anything that we have going on in the church uh, that we are going to try to push everything in the church through this. And so you can register for any events that we have. If Gathering is already on the app, that's Junior High Camp is on there, Senior High Camp is on here. When we start launching into the care groups and the... Um, uh, the equipping groups and that sort of thing, those will be on here. Um, and so if you are just wondering what's going on in the life of the church, oh, I want to register for something, you can click that events tab, scroll through. It's incredibly easy to do once you have the app set up. So that's really, really exciting is our app. So you can give that a round of applause because we've been working on that for five months. Okay, a couple other things and we're going to be done. Uh, continued updates for our, give, for, our, for our building. We have a wonderful facility. It's a massive facility, and it's a facility uh, that hasn't gotten a fresh coat of paint in about 15 years. Um, and so we if you'll notice, we have been going room by room, uh, giving different rooms fresh coats of paint, updating some furnishings, putting storage solutions in, and that sort of thing. So that's going to continue um, in, in 20. 2020, like I said, we'll continue to or we will move to streaming our services online as well. But the biggest thing that we are going to do as a church this year really is 
continue to hone and tighten everything that we do. Um, we just want to be better as a church, and we recognize that we have uh, a structure in place. We have uh, really the raw fittings in place as we've placed that attic ladder up in, up in the space and it's screwed in, and we're trying to figure out how to make sure it's square with everything else that we're doing. Um, and so that's really what we want to be about. We recognize that God has created us all with different gifts and talents to be able to contribute to the kingdom of God. And we want to make sure we are being as excellent as we can be with those gifts and talents. I also just recognized as I was closing that there's a little one in there that you guys are probably curious about, refinance our buildings loan. And so our stewardship committee is working on that right now. Um, and it's a really, I'm not going to say interest rates or timing or anything like that, but what I will say is it's going to reduce the amount of time that we have left on our building loan, buildings loan, as well as reduce our payments so we can put more towards principal to get out from underneath that sooner so we can do more ministry in Kings County. So that is where we are going in 2020. Round of applause, everybody. So I'll, I'll close with this. Um, it has been an honor to serve this year, and it has been exciting to serve this year. I have been personally stretched as a pastor and as a leader more so than I've ever been stretched before. And all of these things that we accomplish, that God has accomplished in and through us in 2019, the things that he's going to do in 2020, all of those things weren't easy. And a lot of those things were fights. And we had things that we said we were going to do in 2019 that we weren't able to do. I know a lot of you remember we were going to update the Constitution. And my eyes were a little bit bigger than my stomach. And so we'll, we'll, we'll save that for a later day. Um, but I will say that uh, this year, regardless of the challenges that we may have come up against, regardless of some of the friction that may have been caused, because maybe you don't specifically agree with the thing that we're doing or, or the way that we're doing something or whatever it may be, um, we get better as a church. We get better as followers of Christ as we sharpen one another in that way. And sharpening one another doesn't happen without friction. And so continue to recognize that we are going to move forward in this mission and vision that God has given us as a church. And we are going to do our best to continue to love God, to love people, and to serve the world. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, thanks for just kind of a, a different weekend. And a weekend where we get to look back and celebrate what you've done in 2019. And then even to look forward and say, okay, what is it that we can do better in 2020? God, thank you. Thank you for walking before us. Thank you for walking with us. Thank you for hard conversations. Thank you for allowing us to be better, to get better, to grow closer to you, to become more sanctified, to become more holy every single day as we say yes to the mission that you have at hand for us. You say yes to loving God. You say yes to loving people. You say yes to serving the world. God, I pray that that would just be on the forefront of our minds as we go from this place. Is that we are called to be missional in our faith. God, that we wouldn't be light on action. God, we, we would be willing to act on the things that we believe, on the things that we say we believe. So God, give us a spirit of boldness as well. God, give our church a spirit of unity. A spirit of unity that allows us to recognize that our own personal agendas, the things that we prefer, 
God, that those things, while important to each of us, we need to recognize that there's a greater mission at hand here, one that you have given us. And so, God, I pray that we would be unified in spirit, not that we wouldn't have to have difficult conversations, but then when we walk away from those conversations as a church, we can say we are for our church. We are for FBH. We are for the kingdom of God and that you would remove division from this place. God, I also pray for those who, this is their first weekend here. Or maybe, maybe they, they've been coming and haven't said yes to you yet, God, and it's a, kind of an interesting weekend to, to say yes to you, but maybe exciting and recognizing what we have done and where we are going. And so God, if, that's, if, if there are people in here who have not yet said yes to you, I just pray they would pray along with me as you pray the ABCs at the end of every one of our services. We say, God, I, I admit that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I'm messed up. All of us are messed up. But I'm messed up, God, and I admit that I, I, I am desperately in need of you. And B, I believe that you sent your son to the cross to die for my sins so I can forever be with you. And C, I would choose to follow you every single day of my life. God, thank you for your faithfulness. We love you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.